I bet you're smart. Yeah, and you like to hold your own in the group chat. We can help you drop even more knowledge. My name is Martine Powers. And I'm Elahe Izadi. We host a daily news podcast called Post Reports. Every weekday afternoon, Post Reports takes you inside an important and interesting story with the kind of reporting that you can only get from The Washington Post. You can listen to Post Reports wherever you get your podcasts. Go find it now and hit follow. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. Trump is not a traitor, the leak to the Washington Post claims. He's just a hoarder. The leak to the Post asserts that Trump stole the classified documents to satisfy his ego and his compulsion to own everything, not to sell them, not to sell the country out, not to blackmail this country, not to blackmail another country, not to wreak revenge against people in this country, not to start a nuclear war, just to keep them like anybody would. You'd keep a White House cocktail napkin. So he'd keep a White House classified document listing where all of our spies live and another document detailing what kinds of nuclear weapons another country has and doesn't have and another document about how we spy on China and another document about the Iranian missile program and boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes and boxes of other classified documents, the mere possession of one of which would get you or I a lengthy prison term. 
He's just an average guy who needs something tangible to remind him that he was actually once president. They're just souvenirs. Just because they are so secret that after you get the highest security clearance in this country, you have to get another level of clearance just to know these souvenirs exist. And you have to go to a special secure room that has armed guards in it just to look at these souvenirs. Why, that's just coincidence. He's not a traitor. He's a hoarder. The story in the Washington Post suggests once again, it is not only unbelievably bad for Donald Trump, but far worse than we could ever imagine. Because you do not leak to the Washington Post what the semi-innocent motives are for a president who steals classified documents unless everybody in the Department of Justice and everybody on Trump's defense team all agree Trump stole classified documents. There is no stunning sudden confession in the Post story. No doubt resolved. Also, no conditioned conclusions like if the documents were stolen, because the premise of this is Trump is guilty. Somebody is just trying to mitigate how much time he does based on motive. He's not a foreign spy who might face the death penalty. He's a collector. It is possible. It is maybe even plausible that the report in the Washington Post that reignites the Mar-a-Lago nuclear kleptomania saga originates with a source in law enforcement, maybe a source in the Justice Department. There are plenty of people in law enforcement still loyal to Trump and many in the Justice Department who think this is still 1973 and it would be uncouth for the greatest country in the world to actually prosecute a former president. Oh, he confessed. Well, it would be uncouth to actually prosecute a former president for espionage. So let's see if we can manipulate this story so we only have to prosecute him for destruction of government records or something. Because he's not guilty of espionage. He's guilty of just loving these wonderful documents, not wisely, but too well. Who do you know at the Post we can leak this to? But bluntly... The odds are about 93 out of 100 that this is directly from the Trump team because they are trying to avoid getting their client hanged or whatever it is we do to nuclear espionage thieves and traitors nowadays. And thus we get a Washington Post headline. Investigators see ego, not money, as Trump's motive on classified papers. He's not a mercenary who would sell this country out. He's just a pack rat. A review by agents and prosecutors found no discernible business interest in the Mar-a-Lago documents. People familiar with the matter said, people familiar, familiar people, people who are familiar with the fact that Donald Trump is not loyal to some other country. He's just loyal to the credo of the average buyer on eBay. Quote, FBI interviews with witnesses so far, they said, also do not point to any nefarious effort by Trump to leverage, sell, or use the government secrets. Instead, the former president seemed motivated by a more basic desire not to give up what he believed was his property, unquote. I am suddenly transported back to my youth, and I am watching on the floor my little TV, and there is Daffy Duck, in Bugs Bunny's 
Alibaba Bunny, and Daffy Duck is pushing Bugs Bunny back into their tunnel, and he's looking at all the gold and jewels and emeralds, and he's shouting, It's mine, you understand? Mine, all mine! Get back in there! Down, down, down! Go, go, go! Mine, mine, mine! We segue back from Mel Blanc to Josh Dawsey of the Washington Post. Quote, several Trump advisors said that each time he was asked to give documents or materials back, his stance hardened. Down, down, down. Go, go, go. Trump repeatedly said the materials were his, not the government's. Often in profane terms, two of these people said. Well, at least we know Trump advisors were among the leakers of this story. And their short game is trying to get Trump not indicted for espionage or treason. The long game is trying to soften up public opinion and maybe even a jury pool. Counting the headline, there are in the first eight Washington Post paragraphs, eight different versions of this basic argument. He's not Julius Rosenberg. He's Daffy Duck. It is paragraph seven before we get to the confession. Quoting again, The analysis of Trump's likely motive in allegedly keeping the documents is not, strictly speaking, an element of determining whether he or anyone around him committed a crime or should be charged with one. Thank you. Yes, exactly. End of story. I'm just waiting for a however or a but. But, as a practical matter, motive is an important part of how prosecutors assess cases and decide whether to file criminal charges, unquote. There was a less impressive leaked story to CNN that touches on this kind of tangentially. Trump, quote, argued in a newly public court filing that a president gets to decide whether records from his White House are personal documents and that he had decided that all the records he took to Mar-a-Lago were, in fact, his personal property. These two stories, The Washington Post's in particular, verge on somebody saying, Yes, of course he stabbed all those people, but not so they die. He's just a knife lover. He collects knives. This isn't murder. It's ego. Oh, and Trump collects these documents like I collect baseball cards. A little out of control. And, you know, some of the rare 19th century ones mixed in with some of the 2022 tops. Hugo Lowell in Britain's The Guardian wrote yesterday, Trump, quote, kept in the desk drawer of his office at Mar-a-Lago property, one document marked secret and one marked confidential, alongside three communications from a book author, a religious leader, and a pollster dated after he departed the White House. This is the third or fourth report of such co-mingling of evidence that Trump took classified stuff from January 20th, 2021 or before, looked at it, then put it in a drawer or a box with old schedules, old passports, old newspaper clippings, old letters. What collector doesn't do that? And all of this comes as Trump is still scheduled to formally launch his third bid to take power in this country and to launch it today, despite apparently everybody on the planet telling him not to. Trying to, as Politico quoted yet another Trump advisor, frame his announcement to feel more like 2016, less like 2020. Yeah, more escalators and ethnic insults, fewer overthrow the government by violence and steal the nation's secret-y things-y. 
And apparently that lack of support from Rupert Murdoch, seen first and unmistakably in the New York Post and now emigrating stealthily towards Fox News and the Wall Street Journal, is no pose. The London newspaper The Eye yesterday reported Rupert Murdoch told Trump personally he will not back another Trump presidential candidacy. It quotes a senior News Corp source. We have been clear with Donald. There have been conversations between them during which Rupert made it clear to Donald that we cannot back another run for the White House, unquote, and that they might even back a Democrat against him if necessary, and that Lachlan Murdoch is trying to get DeSantis to kiss the family ring. And none of this is personal, of course. Quote, the poor showing from the Republican candidates Trump backed during the U.S. midterm elections last week has put an end to his political career. And if that is somehow not clear enough, the Texas Republican Party has posted another poll it bought to assess GOP moods towards a 2024 primary among that state's members. On October 23rd, it had Trump 46, DeSantis 29, Abbott 4 in Texas. As of November 13th, same poll, it's DeSantis 43, Trump 32, Pence 5, although I am a little suspicious about the whole poll since they misspelled Greg Abbott's name. The conventional political thinking of the moment remarkably remains that this is a passing thing and they will all line up behind Trump when the time comes, in spite of, or perhaps because of, his niece, the psychologist, saying that if the Republicans don't line up behind him, quote, Donald will burn everything down if he feels like he is going down. Why? He's just a collector. He's just a hoarder. He's just a pack rat. Down, down, down. Go, go, go. Mine, mine, mine. Daffy Trump. If we can make that stick. Still ahead, Herschel Walker attacks Raphael Warnock over how Warnock raises his children. What is this, a volume thing? Reverend Warnock doesn't have enough kids? Herschel Walker, talk about a hoarder. How many kids you got, Hersh? Plus or minus five. The latest on Jay Leno's accident. And in things I promise not to tell, there are two new Hockey Hall of Fame media members today. And I have wild stories about both of them, including about the ESPN NHL telecast on which somebody called Sergio Momesso of the New York Rangers, Sergio Mimosa. That's next. Drink them if you got them. This is Countdown. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet there's complexity at every turn criminal trials for one of those candidates, young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. 
Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com to book online today. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is Countdown with Keith Olbermann, my crazy friend. Like you should talk. Still ahead on Countdown, Katie Hobbs is governor-elect, and I owe her an apology. Jay Leno is burned by one of his own classic cars, and you need to know something great he did once. And two more of my ex-colleagues make the Hockey Hall of Fame, including the guy who pointed out that his broadcast partner had just called Sergio Momesso, Sergio Mimosa. Drinks for the house ahead. First, in each edition of Countdown, we feature a dog in need. You can help. Every dog has its day. First, every time I've repeated. Last week, I asked you to help out Spaghetti, a big, handsome bulldog pit mix, tan and white, found on Staten Island in New York, almost dehydrated, almost starved. Now he has lost the ability to walk. They are hoping it is restorable, but they'll need more donations. Near and Far Animal Foundation has gotten him and launched a fundraiser for Spaghetti on Cuddly. Any donation will help. You can find Spaghetti there, or he'll be my pinned tweet at Tom Jumbo Grumbo with a link to donate. If you can't donate, a retweet can be almost as valuable. I thank you, and Spaghetti thanks you.
Postscripts to the news, some headlines, some updates, some snarks, some predictions. Stateline Phoenix, Katie Hobbs will be the next governor of Arizona. Looks like a margin of around 20,000. I'm going to apologize to the governor-elect. I said here not debating Carrie Lake was going to cost her the election. Not only was I wrong, but the more I had thought about it, the more I thought, no, it was a genius move. We are now so used to them that we don't think twice about candidates being drawn from the world of television. Would Mehmet Oz even have had a remote chance at the Pennsylvania Senate but for TV? Donald Trump? But Carrie Lake was not just a TV person. She was a local TV newscaster on two different Phoenix stations. She was on the Fox affiliate for 22 years. What is a debate now? It is, in essence, a live TV reality show where you try to remember rehearsed lines. Who would be better in that format, the government bureaucrat or the TV anchor who can fake smile and ad-lib her way out of any dilemma? Congratulations, Governor-elect Hobbs. Of course, take it from me, most local TV newscasters still are morons. Last night, Liz Cheney revealed a thank-you letter for a donation in kind to her campaign from Carrie Lake. It is snotty and condescending, and most of all, it assumes Lake is writing on October 28th as if she had already won. Premature jocularity. Cheney's tweet back last night. You're welcome, Carrie Lake. The TV newscaster as candidate thing is a terrifying thing to contemplate. Hell, in L.A., we used to have a guy named Baxter Ward. Baxter Ward was a TV newscaster. Then he ran for mayor in 1969. Then he went back to TV news. Then he got elected to the County Board of Supervisors in 1972. Then he lost in 1980. So he went back to TV news again. And then he ran for mayor again. You don't want to live in a world like that. Dateline Los Angeles, Jay Leno is in stable condition after one of his classic cars burst into flames while he was working on it. He had to cancel some appearances. He says, I got some serious burns from a gasoline fire on his face and his hands, but I am okay. Just need a week or two to get back on my feet. Jay Leno earned a less than happy reputation after the Conan O'Brien fiasco. And no, I'm not sure I'd totally trust him professionally, but I guessed it on all the late night shows and I'll always love Dave Letterman. But appearing on Leno's Tonight Show was the best. He not only doted on his guests to the point of sometimes having to be pulled out of conversations with them in advance of the show so he would go to makeup in time. But I will never forget that a week after our father died, I was sitting in my apartment with my sister, and the phone rang, and it was Jay, checking to see how I was doing, asking if he could help in any way. Without revealing who was on the phone, I said, you know what, I'm pretty good, but my sister is here, and I bet she would value your thoughts right about now. They spoke for at least five minutes. Complicated man, extraordinarily ambitious, but at heart, all heart. Good luck, Jay. Dateline 30 Rock, the Daily Beast reports NBC News has suspended the reporter who aired the false report about Paul Pelosi's attacker a week after the attack, Miguel Almaguer. Standard line from the standard NBC press office liar, quote, we don't comment on personnel matters. How about the death of journalistic standards at NBC News and MSNBC? You comment on that, fella? And Dateline Washington. No opposition on day one of the Republican leadership conference. Marjorie Trailer Park Green, of all people, supporting Kevin McCarthy for speaker. Matt Gates comes back with, quote, 
At the first opportunity, he will zap her faster than you can say Jewish space laser. Well, Matt is their expert on zapping women, isn't he? Next up for the Republican Leadership Conference, trying to find any leadership. I had, oh, there it is, proof that you can survive working with me. If you can do that, the world could be yours. Two ex-colleagues of mine are named to the media wing of Hockey's Hall of Fame. Some inside stories about them. First, the daily roundup of the miscreants, morons, and Dunning-Kruger effect specimens who constitute today's worst persons in the world. The bronze, Virginia's Lieutenant Governor Winsome Sears. After the nightmare shooting deaths of three University of Virginia football players on campus, she tweeted, quote, praying for those at UVA. Her campaign ad for the office she now holds was topped with a red banner reading, conservative Marine veteran Semper Fi, and advised she's 100 percent against red flag laws and 100 percent pro Second Amendment. Showed a photo of her in a jacket and skirt carrying a gun bigger than she is. Madam Lieutenant Governor shove your prayers the bronze elon musk more from his daily suicide mission at twitter which is so bad now that it prompted an nyu professor to predict the site will fold by next week download those photos now musk announced he would be turning off the microservices bloatware apparently one of the microservices was the two-party authentication system which is how you protect your passcodes and all the rest of this computery stuff. So lots of those who used Two Party were locked out of their Twitter accounts, at least for a time. The latest advertiser to leave Twitter, Chipotle, joining United Airlines, GM, and the people who bring you Oreos. But our winner, Herschel Walker. What did he choose to attack Raphael Warnock for yesterday? Well, for following campaign laws and legally taking $61,000 out to reimburse himself for the cost of babysitting and childcare while he was not home to look out for his kids. And Herschel Walker mocked Raphael Warnock for it. This is better with captions, of course. Although by now, I guess most of us can comprehend most of Herschel is a moron word salad. Then he even paid himself for child care, all that stuff. Why don't he keep his own kids? Don't have nobody keeping your kid. You keep your kid. Then you got somebody else keeping I keep my own, even though he lied about me. It's okay. It's okay because he's trying to get your vote. Don't let it trick you try to get your vote. Why doesn't, doesn't he keep his own kids, Herschel Walker asks. Why doesn't he keep his own kids? Which proves my old adage. Yeah, you know, maybe you go down in flames, but if you do, at least it's warm. Herschel, I keep my own kids, other than that one, and that one over there, and the two abortion ones. I'm famous, Walker. Today's worst person in the world! The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. 
So follow the campaign moment right now, wherever you're listening. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. This episode is brought to you by Terminix. Terminix can't help you run for office or take on the country's biggest problems, but they can help you solve one of the peskiest problems at home, pests. You know, the ants in your kitchen, the roaches under your sink, even the termites in the walls. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. No matter what type of pest it is, they can Terminix it fast with personalized pest care that puts you in control. Their expertly trained technicians may not know intricate political strategy, but they know their local pest pressures. And with customized plans tailored to your specific situation, you get everything you need to not just get pests out, but keep them out for good. Between their speedy service, caring technicians, and and over 95 years of experience, it's no mystery why they're trusted by homes and businesses everywhere. So if you have a pest problem, don't stress it, Terminix it. Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T E R M I N I X.com to book online today. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, Oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Number one story on the countdown and things I promise not to tell and my favorite topic, me. And I had no idea until yesterday that the writer and broadcaster who went into the Hockey Hall of Fame last night were Al Morganti, winner of the Elmer Ferguson Award, and Bill Clement, winner of the Foster Hewitt Award. And I understand this is as niche as it gets, even considering you are listening to this podcast. But Al and Bill make it nine award recipients I have actually worked with. I mean, on the same show with, I worked with each of them at ESPN. And I have a good story about working with Al Morganti and a great story about working with Bill Clement, and they fit in perfectly here. So in L.A., I had a source who was the zealot of sports source stories, particularly hockey ones. I have mentioned him before. He was the last of the viewers who called me up on an August Monday in 1988 and said, you don't know me, but I can tell you Bruce McNall just traded the farm for Wayne Gretzky. And not only was he right, but he got his ex-wife on the phone and his ex-wife was the one who signed the check that the Kings gave to the owner of Gretzky's old team, the Edmonton Oilers. So six years later, 
The phone rings, not now in L.A., but at my desk in ESPN in Bristol, Connecticut. And it's him again, and I know him. And he's tipped me on many small stories, and we've had dinner. But something sounds wrong with him on the phone. He's out of breath, and I say, Clyde. We'll call him Clyde. Clyde, what's wrong? Why are you out of breath? And he says, I'm I'm at the gym. I just got off the Stairmaster to, to come back here to call you. You'll never believe this. Mario Lemieux is retiring for at least a year. Mario Lemieux is just about Gretzky-level famous in hockey, if you don't know and particularly then in 1994. And moreover, he had just come back from not merely a devastating back injury, but also Hodgkin's lymphoma. And while he got 22 radiation treatments in one month for Hodgkin's lymphoma, and the last one was on March 2nd, 1993, at 7.30 in the morning in Pittsburgh, and the son of a gun immediately got on a plane for Philadelphia and played for the Pittsburgh Penguins that night, and the Philly fans, who, as the cliche goes, once booed Santa, the Philly fans gave him a standing ovation, and he scores a goal. The same day as the last of 22 radiation treatments in a month. He's retiring? I asked Clyde in disbelief. How do you know? So Clyde says he's at the gym, he's on the Stairmaster, he's wearing an L.A. Kings t-shirt, and the guy next to him on the next Stairmaster says, you a hockey guy? And Clyde says, yes. And the guy blurts out, my dad is Mario Lemieux's agent, and he just told me Mario is going to retire for at least a year because of the cancer. And my heart sinks. Then it's like Clyde hears my heart sinking. And he says, no, 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 that's what I thought. He doesn't have the Hodgkins again. He's just so worn out from the radiation and the playing and the back injury and the rehab and the exercise and the workouts and the travel. He's going to sit out the season. And I mean, this is solid. This is the agent's son. This is Tom Rich's son. I said I didn't believe him, Clyde tells me, so he showed me his gym ID card. It's Tom Rich's son, all right. This is why Clyde, and we will call him Clyde, is really Zillig. This happens to him like once a year. Somebody just walks up and gives him a story I will want. I say, well, thanks. Let me get confirmation on it. Clyde is offended, rightfully so. And he says, the agent telling his son, who is also an agent, is not confirmation. And I explain the ESPN rules. And this is 1994, remember? If this were today, in the time I will now take to explain to you the rules, they would have had me tweet, Mario Lemieux retiring, sources, and then gone on SportsCenter and then written something up for the website. Get it done in the next minute. But in 1994, journalism rules still prevailed with this stuff, unless it was first person, meaning unless Mario Lemieux called me himself and said, hey, Keith, I'm retiring and you can report it, but you can't tell him I told you. And he's willing to confirm that he called me to one of my bosses unless it's first person. I still have to get a second source and the second source cannot be connected to the first source. So if the first source is Mario Lemieux's agent's son, who is also an agent, I can't get confirmation from Mario Lemieux's real agent, his dad, I can't get it from Lemieux's publicist. It's got to be from the team or a doctor or or I don't know from whom. So I go to the show producer and I say, this is kind of important. And this is also from the guy who gave me the Gretzky trade. And he says, that's great. But you know the rules. And I say, I know, but we'll get beaten on this. You know that we're not on till 11 o'clock. And he says, well, go to one of the executives. And that's when it hits me that weekend. The executives are having a management retreat unlike Martha's Vineyard, all of them. 
every person who could wave the second source rule is on Martha's Vineyard, and they're all wearing identical shirts and chanting. And once I mention it to one of them, they will all know about it, and they will all talk to each other about it, and they will all want to talk to me about it. And if I wanted that kind of treatment, I would anchor the 6 o'clock sports center, not the 11 o'clock sports center. Who wants to work all day with all the managers around? So I'm trying to get a second source. And I'm trying to talk to as many of them as I can on Martha's Vineyard. And I still have to write the Sunday Sports Center script. It's about 5 p.m. We are on at 11. So I call and I call and I call and I call all the hockey people I know. And our hockey maven, our reporter who breaks news for ESPN in 1994, is Al Morganti, Hall of Famer, who went into the Hall of Fame last night. And I call him and he says, wow, let me jump on this. And the producers call all the hockey people they know. But this is summer, and they are out doing non-ice things. And there's no email. It's 1994. There are faxes. And you don't want to put this in writing anyway. You don't even put it in writing in the ESPN computer. You call people. Al calls back around 7. He says, I got through to a guy who I know, connected to Lemieux's team, the Penguins, and he says, I heard something about him considering this, but that's all I know. So now I try all the executives with that, and they say, not good enough. And every five minutes, I'm checking the Associated Press Newswire to see if they have scooped us. And I'm trying to write the highlights for some tennis tournament in Rotterdam. And the clock is going tick, 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 tick. It's 10.45. There's a script already and written and highlights edited of Mario Lemieux and the whole thing from when he came back after radiation. And Al Morganti has gone to a studio and recorded a what does this mean for the Penguins and what does this mean for the NHL soundbite for us that we can run, but we still don't have the second source. And we are on in 15 minutes, and I'm ready to punch walls. And the phone rings in the main sports center writing area where I am standing because I haven't been able to sit down in half an hour, and the production assistant shouts, Al Morganti for you, and I pick it up, and he says, I got it, I got it, I got all of Rick Tockett. Rick Tockett now does the studio show for Turner Hockey, but he was a very good, very tough player in the 90s. And he had just been traded by Lemieux's team, the Pittsburgh Penguins. And I say, well, great, Al, but what on earth does Rick Tockett have to do with this? And Morgani says, Tockett told me when they traded him, he asked why. He said, I thought you liked what I did here. And they told him we did, but we had to get you in this deal to L.A. because L.A. wouldn't give up Luke Robitaille. And we have to get Luke Robitaille because guess what? Mario's too exhausted to play this year and we need Robitaille to score the goals that Mario can't, and you can't either. Confirmation. So it's now 10.50. We're on in 10 minutes. The studio is a five-minute run from the newsroom, and I conference Al, and we call the managers at the retreat at Martha's Vineyard, and I call, and they are in a meditation session. Or, or it's a trust exercise. Or they're building a human pyramid. I always thought the human pyramid one was the likeliest or it's a vow of silence and i start screaming and telling them what to do with their trust exercise and finally they get one of them to get on the phone and morganti tells them what tocket told him and the guy goes okay you can go with it and i run to the studio i could still run in 1994 and i'm thinking when i read this story i'm going to sound like clyde did when he got off the freaking treadmill to call me with this story and we break the news, and people are astonished by this. And six minutes later, the Associated Press puts out the story with the exact same details. And today, all I can think about is we had to get a second source. It took six hours. We had six hours, and we almost lost the scoop because 
they were building a human pyramid out of ESPN executives on Martha's Vineyard. So that's the Al Morganti story. The Bill Clement story, also Hall of Famer, is shorter and funnier. He and Gary Thorne were the A-team when ESPN had virtually all of the national telecasts of hockey in the 1990s. And Gary is great at baseball, but he was born for hockey. There is not a moment of a hockey game as described by Gary Thorne that is not a thrill unparalleled. And he has a voice like the public address system at Grand Central Station in New York, only it's louder and more reliable and inexhaustible. Gary Thorne! And he's doing a New York Rangers game on ESPN with Bill Clement at Madison Square Garden. And the Rangers at this point have a player named Sergio Momesso. Sergio Momesso is now a broadcaster on the radio for the Montreal Canadiens. And in this game, the puck hits Sergio Momesso and bounces off of him into the stands. And they whistle play dead. And it's a TV timeout. Sure enough, we're going to go to commercial. And Gary says, and the shot goes into the stands after hitting Sergio Momosa. We'll take a break. Mimosa. He called him Mimosa. We all heard it. A roar of laughter broke open in the sports center area. Well, what happens? I've done it. Maybe not Mimosa for Mimeso, but close enough. And they play the theme music, and just before the break you hear on the air, before they go to the commercial, Bill Clement says in that butter-smooth voice of his, Well, I think we could all use a drink after that play, Gary. And right then they go to the break. So what the audience hears is, and the shot goes into the stands after hitting Sergio Mimosa. We'll take a break. I think we could all use a drink after that play, Gary. So that's what the audience hears. But in the Sports Center studios, we are watching the game not as it appears to the viewer, but on a direct feed from Madison Square Garden and our little booth there. And the mics are still open, even though they're in commercial. And Gary Thorne rightly says, Thanks a lot, Bill. That's a teammate covering for me like you never screwed up a name. And then there's this weird sound like a grunt, but like a grunt getting quieter. And the mics are still open. And we hear Bill Clement say, truck, uh, attention in the truck. Yeah, Gary will need a new headset. He has thrown his into the stands. I hear this and I take off for the highlight room where they record everything because I want this tape. The highlight room, known as screening, or screaming, depending on how busy it is, is beyond the studio. So if, like I mentioned, the studio is a five-minute run from where I am, the highlight room is a six-minute run, and I go as fast as I can, and I get there, and I know the production assistant who is recording the game and selecting the highlights, and he looks at me, and he says, I'm sorry, I knew you'd come down here for this. They already made me burn back. Burn back, of course, means erasing. They erased this interchange, including just Gary saying mimosa on the air. Never mind what happened in the commercial. And they've done this, of course, so little devils like me can't get the recording of Gary Thorne calling Sergio Mimeso Sergio Mimosa and Bill Clement goofing on him and Gary ripping Bill in response and Gary throwing his headset out of the booth and Bill mentioning that Gary will need a new one. So to my knowledge, the tape of this does not exist anymore. Two postscripts. Gary Thorne should get the Hewitt Award, too. He should be in the Hall of Fame. And if you're listening, Gary, since I told that story about you, let me tell the parallel one about me. When I met Jeff Daniels 
After he starred in Aaron Sorkin's Newsroom and had spent much of the publicity tour for Newsroom explaining to people that he was not portraying me, Jeff Daniels was very solicitous about it, just as nice as you would hope he would be. And he said, listen, I knew it was you, but I didn't want people to know that it was you because I knew, but they didn't know. And you didn't know that like in episode four, I picked up my Blackberry and threw it at the camera. And I didn't want anybody to think you picked up your Blackberry and threw it at the camera. And I looked at him in confusion and surprise, and I must confess, probably not a little sense of hurt. But Jeff, I said, of course I picked up my Blackberry and threw it at the camera. Where do you think Sorkin got that idea? Okay, to be fair, there was nobody operating the camera I threw the Blackberry at. But there were swear words. I've done all the damage I can do here and without throwing a Blackberry. Thanks for listening. Follow the podcast if you can. Tell a friend, tell a stranger. Here are the credits. Most of the music, including our theme here from Beethoven's Ninth, was arranged, produced, and performed by Brian Ray and John Philip Chanel. They are the Countdown Musical Directors. All orchestration and keyboards by John Philip Chanel. Guitars, bass, and drums by Brian Ray. Produced by TKO Brothers. Our Beethoven selections of other kinds have been arranged and performed by the group No Horns Allowed. The sports music is the Ulberman theme from ESPN2. It was written by Mitch Warren Davis. Appears courtesy of ESPN Inc., Geez, I'm really still upset that tape doesn't exist anymore. Anyway, musical comments by Nancy Faust, the best baseball stadium organist ever, and our announcer today was Tony Kornheiser. Everything else was pretty much my fault. That's Countdown for this, the 679th day since Donald Trump's first attempted coup against the democratically elected government of the United States. Arrest him now while we still can. A new episode tomorrow. Till then... I'm Sergio Mimosa. Good morning, good afternoon, good night, and good luck. Countdown with Keith Olbermann is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Dealing with pests can be a pain, but relax, Terminix can help. Because when pests show up, so does Terminix. With over 95 years of experience, they have what it takes to take on any pest problem fast. If your home or business has pests, don't stress it. Terminix it. 
Visit Terminix.com to book your appointment online today. That's T-E-R-M-I-N-I-X.com. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.